0: Yo, yo, Nigel, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Nice, nice. All right, ladies and gents, welcome to Andy Podcast. And before we get started, um, I just want to say thanks to everyone that's been supporting uh, Season 1 all the way through Season 7. And by the time you guys hear this, this will be Season 7, Episode 11. And um, yo, man, this <laughs> this next gentleman right here, um, I met him briefly during the holiday season. And you know, you're amazed at who you meet, you know, because people are super. And he was the first professional boxer that I've had that I will have on show. I've interviewed an MMA fighter before, but I haven't interviewed um, a professional boxer. And you know, I think boxing in a lot of ways is similar to um to emceeing or being a being a rapper and what I mean is it's it's really a mental game too, um, and I think longevity is achieved if if you have commitment. If you're committed, then you give your heart and soul to the game. I think you can have longevity. And man, he has a record of 14 wins and one loss, including eight knockouts. Um, he's in the welterweight class, and this next upcoming fight is with Trayshawn Wiggins in January 21st in Miami. And one of the most interesting things about this cat is that not only he's a boxer, but he also owns his own cafe called Espresso Cafe. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I'm Mm here. So he's also the owner of Espresso Cafe. He's also the owner of Espresso Cafe SD. And without no further ado, ladies and gents, we got Nasty the Galfinelle. What's up, man? Yo, can you hear me? What's
1: up, brother? What's up, brother? Thank you so much for having me, man. It's definitely a pleasure um, to be here and just to be able to, you know, chop it up with, you know, a like-minded person and, you know, get my uh, my backstory on, you know, how I got started and where I am now and my future goals, but all is well.
0: Well done, man. Happy New Year's, bro.
1: Happy New Year's to you, too, my brother. I appreciate it, man.
0: Oh so dad, good. and I know you're a busy dude training, so we're gonna get to it. Um
1: one of the first things I ask all my guests, where were you born and raised? Uh born and raised. I was born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. Um mm. I was actually born in a city called the Rico. It's like maybe twenty minutes outside of Richmond. Uh, but then we returned back to Richmond and when I was, you know, still an infant and I grew up there until I was about nineteen years old. What do you remember about the community City of Richmond, Virginia? Oh man, the community of Richmond is amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's really like no other, you know, to be honest. Um, it's very diverse, for one. So you have different, you know, uh, ethnicities and nationalities within the community. Um, but for the most part, it's very historic. Um, going back into, like, the early settlements, you um, You know, that's, you know, where they landed. So it's a lot of history in a negative aspect. And then there's a a lot of history in a positive aspect just on the black community of, you know, um, what they made, you know, back then with the like the small communities, small businesses. Um, And even till now, it's it's just an amazing community. You know, it's uh, it's so much out there. It's a lot of art. Uh, Richmond is very known for It's art. Um, Just around the city, there's a college uh, by the name of VCU, which is an art school out there. And um, yeah, yeah, it's a lot to it. Whenever I go back home, it's just like, it's amazing. You know, I love being back home. I have that nostalgic feeling. And, you know, I feel embraced, you know, by the people, by the city, by nature. Um, but, yeah, Richmond's like no other. It's really like no other. It's not, you know, it's not that big, but it's not that small either. It's obviously the capital of Virginia, you know, so there's a lot out there in terms of, you know, businesses. Um But, yeah, it's just a great city, man. I love it to to, to, to the life of me.
0: Mm. Do you know how your family ended up in Virginia, Richmond? Do you, do you know a story how mom and dad migrated there or –
1: you know, grandpa, grandma, have they been in Richmond for years? No, to be honest with you, no, I, I don't know. I my grand, so I think both ends, you know, uh, you know, they were rooted, you know, through Richmond, Virginia. I think the furthest I've went back, or the generation that I know of, is my great grandfather. Uh, his name was John Terry, but he was born and raised in Richmond, and that was like the early 1900s. Um, and that's on my father's side, and then on my mother's side, um, the furthest I know back is my great grandmother, but she was born and raised in Richmond as well. So, I believe my bloodline has been in Richmond, you know, since day one. That's awesome, bro! <coughs> you got siblings to go? Yeah, I have a lot of siblings, actually. Yeah, I do. Um, I have, I have, I have so many, so many. It's hard to remember everybody. I have it's not too many, but I have three brothers uh, by my father, and then I have three sisters and a brother by my mom, and I'm the youngest on both sides.
0: Mm, nice. And before we proceed with the interview, ladies and gents, I just want to give a shout out to Rain um, for providing a, a Christmas holiday for for all my people in San Diego that was kind of far from the family. That couldn't go home or did not want to go home, and um, I want to say thank you to you for uh, really introducing me to Nigel. And um, yes. if, if it wasn't for a get together, I wouldn't have met Miguel. Um And yes. it was it was a good conversation when 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 I met him. And um, the importance of the community in San Diego is is important when we need it. You know.
1: Yeah, I, I like to attest to that. I want to thank her as well. Uh, she's super. Nice, super welcoming, super down-to-earth, you know, very likable, great spirit, um, great cook as well. And um, adding on to that, you know, if it wasn't for her, you know, putting together that gathering, I wouldn't have met so many great people, and I wouldn't have met yourself, you know. So that that was a great opportunity, and, and much thanks to her for that.
0: Yo, sis, thanks for the gumbo. I love it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> the gumbo was good
0: oh man so yo miguel so hmm where do i start man like i gotta ask this growing up did you ever feel like when you were a little kid did you ever feel like you always had that fighter in you and maybe you can figure it out by when you were young, did you did you get into a lot of fights or did you not get into a lot of fights? But how did you know you had that fighter spirit in you? Did you know that at a young age?
1: Oh yeah, I knew that at a very young age. Um, fighting siblings. <laughs> I, had a, I had a really pretty bad temper. I was fighting siblings and, you know, fighting uh, outside of home, you know, a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I I just wasn't guided in the right way. Um, and I just felt as if uh, fighting was the, um, the way of solving my issues. And uh, like I said, I was very misguided. But, you know, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be where I am now. Um, because I obviously, you know, channeled that through boxing. Boxing, um, so obviously a lot of discipline in the sport. And that taught me how to, you know, calm myself. So um, going back to the question, um, yeah, like um, I always had that that fire in me <laughs> ever since I was a little boy. Uh, going back to like my first memories at like four and five years old, um, I always had that fight in me. You know, so it was it's second nature, you know, just being able to be a professional boxer now and, you know, uh, display my boxing.
0: Why? why did you think why did you think you
1: weren't guided in the right direction? What makes you say that that you weren't guided? <clears throat> um, I just I I didn't have like the influence to tell me uh I, shout out to my mom. Uh my mom and my stepfather, they raised me very well. Um, but I didn't have someone to push me and to tell me um that Um, I could do it in other ways or to utilize my anger or channeling my anger in different manners. Um, you know, growing up, my, my parents were very, you know, strict, you know, I had a punishment or grounding, you know, where things were taken away from me and I, things were limited. Um, but you know, I still had like aggression in me. I needed to, you know, take that out on something or or at least have some type of therapeutic method to to release that that stress or that anger, um, and you know at the time you know they were pretty busy. They were working their jobs to support the family. Um, so you know I I didn't have that. I didn't uh, have those resources or those tools like sports or something to you know actually help release that 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 stress. So you know therefore you know without without having that you know. I just took it out on like people and not innocent people or random people, but, you know, I don't know when I would get into confrontations, you know, that would be my first uh, choice of resolving the issue, you know, but like I said, had I had something in place, you know, like boxing or some type of art or craft or gardening, uh, things that I also like to do now to help, you know, deal with my stress. Um, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have, you know, got into fights and things when I was younger.
0: Mm-mm. And one of the things that I noticed about Miguel when I was talking to him, and I knew I, I knew I had to get him the podcast because I know he's a different breed. And the reason why I say that is because Miguel don't smoke and Miguel don't drink and super sober and. Really, dealing with reality and a sober state of mind, there's nothing numbing Miguel's brain, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing numbing his insides, like, he deals with reality as it is, and that's different, all right? Like, I just want to let you know, man. So, I don't know anyone who does that for real, God.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. not, not,
0: not an athlete or a musician, you know. Thank you. Um, let me ask you this when you were growing up did you find yourself being the promoter of the fight or you found yourself always defending yourself from a fight
1: ah uh, man it, it 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 was different stages so I actually was yeah it was different stages <laughs> um I I mean though I had like you know a temper um you know growing up I still was kind of to myself, you know, and I was actually bullied. Um, I was actually bullied as a, you know, as a young child and um, or I guess like an early teenager. And um, I don't that that also, you know, caused a lot of, you know, aggression. Um, But, you know, um, I was bullied. And then a friend of mine, um, he was bullied as well. Unfortunately, he didn't take it so well and he took his own life you know so like my approach on like bullying um was just different it was just a lot different he took his life at 12 years old you know so that that's that's you know just it shows you know the the capability you know of different people um of of what they're able to <clears throat> uh with withstand but um yeah like I never like took I learned from that, you know. I never even had the experience to, you know, I was never the bully. I was the person that was bullied. And then it transferred to me, like, you know, just having issues with with other people and, you know, just resolving, you know, my problems that way with fighting. But it was never like I would find someone and just beat them up. And I was never, like, that type of person because I knew better. I always knew better, you know. I, I knew that I... I was in that position before in life, and then also, you know, a friend of mine. I know the damage that it, it can take on a person, and like I said, everybody uh, isn't like me. I, I've known this since a young age that, um, you know, we all have different capabilities and, and things that we're able to take, you know, and I, I wouldn't want to have to, like, live with that for the rest of my life, that I bullied somebody and they took their life. Like, that, that would, you know that would hurt me you know so i I would never do anything like that um but yeah like i said it was always you know people you know like myself or you know the big the big dogs actually (laughs) the big dogs those are the people that you know i didn't like i said necessarily go after them but for instance I, i had issues with you know you know bigger guys and you know like i said i would you know resolve those issues with fighting yeah
0: so like let's say you, you kick someone that school when you get sent home or you know have you ever got suspended because of it and like you have to explain to mom mom here's what happened they fuck with me first you know like did you ever have to get sent home and you have to explain to mom and
1: dad um uh, for the most part I was <laughs> <clears throat> I got put out of school a lot a yeah. lot um but I wouldn't say majority of it was for fighting um We would always, you know, resolve our issues after school, you know, Mm -hmm. it was always neighborhood kids and, you know, we, you know, knew the area, we knew who lived in what neighborhood and we would go to that neighborhood and, you know, fight then or, you know, if we were on the street, you know, we'll fight there, you know, but uh, for the most part, it was, for the most part, it wasn't in school. Uh, There were a few altercations in school, a few fights in school, but. I wouldn't say all of them, or even most of them, came from school.
0: Good shit. Good job. Good job, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's talk about boxing. As far as you can remember, who was the first boxer that had re- that really had a lasting impression? And by the way, before I get started on this, it's, it's, it's funny that you said, well, it's not funny. It's interesting that you said bullying. Because you know, one of my favorites, of course, is Mike Tyson. And as Mike Tyson gets older, and as I'm watching Mike Tyson grow into the podcasting this life, like he'll be super honest. Like he'll tell people he got bullied a lot. Like got bullied a lot. Like constantly. And Mike Tyson will say, he will straight up admit it. When he we was growing up, he would say like he was scared for all of that. He was a scared kid. But as he grew into manhood, he translated into a monster. He did not look scared. We were scared yeah. of him. We were yeah. scared of Mike Tyson before he we went through a punch. And yep. we, knew, we knew something was going down. Um, let me ask you this. Who was the first boxer that had an impression on you growing up like
1: oh shit i want to do that <laughs> the very first boxer i remember the day and the night and i remember what i was doing almost what i had on um i remember everything about it i remember like it was just last night um floyd mayweather this was like in 2006 or 7. He was getting ready. Uh, I was watching All Access on. Um, it wasn't All Access. All Access comes on Showtime. He was on uh, HBO. He had like a little documentary he had going on for like his upcoming fights, and um, yeah, he was getting ready for a fighter by the name of Ricky Hatton. Um, yeah uh and um i just remember just like flicking through the channels and just saw this you know black guy just boxing and you know i was already fighting by that time but i knew nothing about boxing or you know nothing about the art or the sport itself and um i i just like was tuned in I like i i didn't change the channel i just like watched the whole thing and i just saw you know the lifestyle i saw him training and and just boxing and, you know, um, you know, the money he had or has, you know, and I was just like, wow, like this guy is different. You know, who is this guy? I've never, you know, for the most part, like when I heard of boxers, they were just like, you know, boxers, you know, they weren't too much. They were just fighters, you know, but this guy just had a whole different thing about him and his lifestyle and just the way he carried himself. I was just amazed and I was motivated. I'm just like, wow. And like that. I had (laughs) I had ankle weights (laughs) I had ankle weights uh, I guess from like football I did play football too but I had ankle weights in my, my closet and just like watching him like take those jogs through Las Vegas and like I just put on the ankle weights I put them on my my hands and just start like throwing my hands like I didn't know nothing about boxing but that moment, I was so inspired, and I'm just like, man, like, I want that. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, I, I love fighting, you know. Um, that's what I want to do, and I uh, I think I told my mom. I, that's, that's the only thing I can think of. I think I told my mom about it, and um, she tried, like, where I'm from, it's not much boxing. That's actually the reason why I'm here and actually why I left at 19, you know, um, I, uh, that's a whole nother story, but anyways, it's, it's not much out there, so, like, when I was telling her about it, it was really hard for her to find me a gym to go to, um, I think I was about 12 years old at the time, and, um, yeah, I was watching Floyd, and, you know, that was that, and I just remember his name, and I just kept following up on him, and, you know, and, that's who really got me started. It was Floyd. It was that fight when he fought. Ricky had, um, I want to say they fought, yeah, they fought in Vegas. But yeah, mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather, he was number one.
0: So, like, you graduate high school. In your mind, what was the plan that you were going to do and what actually ended up happening? Like, you graduate and bam, what's the next step that you are going to do in your head? Like, all right, this is what do next.
1: Uh, that's good. I'm glad you asked me that. I was just thinking about this, this uh, the other day. Um, so um, I actually went to military school. Um, I went to high school, but I graduated from military school, which is high school um, in a sense. But uh, in military school, oh, my gosh, I was I graduated at the age of 16, by the way. Um, but well, I was about 15 in military school at this point of time in military school. And I remember my brother, um, I wanted the box. I just didn't know, like, I didn't have the idea or like vision that i have today as in like me being a professional box but i knew i wanted to box um i didn't have like any amateur fights at the time you know i wanted to be uh, as amateur standout and wanted to go to the olympics um and my brother um he's the one who actually he's not my blood brother but he's like my mentor he got me into boxing and um, he was, you know, always the state of my life, you know, even when I went to military school and would send me like magazines and things just to keep me motivated. And um, so I would get like magazines in school and the the sergeants or the cadres, um, those are their names. They would like throw away my books like that was all like my tests, like my trials and me to like triumph through you know those situations because like they were hard like that's what molded me they didn't want me to have any bugs. they they knew my resume they knew my history of me you know in and out of detention centers and fighting you know so they didn't want to you know they felt as if you know I was going to be sparked by you know seeing like images uh from boxing um So, you know, I eventually graduated from military school and um, even then, you know, I I went to college. I was 16 years old in college. And this is what made me laugh the other day. Um, I was 16 years old in college. um, And I remember, I think, I I don't know what class I was in. Um, Yeah, I don't know what class I was in, but I remember the professor, it was like maybe the first week of school and the professor had asked it was like maybe ten of us, fifteen of us in the class, had asked everyone, you know, what they wanted to be or what they were like, you know, striving for. And um I think I was like one of the last people to answer, you know. But everybody was like, "Oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a psychologist. I want to be a detective." And she got to me and she was like, "What do you want? Like, what do you want to school for? What do you want to be?" And I'm like. I want to be a professional boxer. She's like, like people kind of like laughed at me because, you know, obviously like she was referring to maybe like some type of study or or like class or course, but like my mind was really like, even though I was going to school for psychology, I I knew I was going to be a, a boxer, a pro boxer. Like that was like all I wanted to be, you know, from 16, like for sure. And, um, you know, I went to school and I actually dropped out of college uh, to pursue my my amateur boxing career. I got through one semester of college and I was just like, you know, I'll work a full time job if I have to, but I want to commit to, you know, being a, a standout amateur. I want to be an Olympian and uh, dropped out of college and, you know, start pursuing that full time. Um, and that was at the age of 16, so I've been going hard since I was 16 years old and, um, I laughed because like people laughed at me, but I'm almost certain. I don't, I don't know. I've probably never heard of these, uh, never seen one of those people from that day. Um, but a lot of people probably have switched their major, probably hate their job, probably wake up unsatisfied. And yet, you know, I'm the guy who actually, you know, went out and chased his dream from nothing, you know, from nothing. Um, just, like, pure hard work, and, you know, I am, you know, where I thought I would be, you know, however many years ago that was, you know, so, yeah, like, yeah, I, I, uh, 16, 16 years old. 16 was when you started training. Yeah, 16, 16, I had my first amateur fight at 17, um, yeah, so, from 16 till now, I, I was in the gym. I was in the gym since I was, like, 13. But I didn't have my first fight until I was, like, 17. 16, 17, I can't remember. I was, like, straight out of military school. Um, but 16 or 17 years old.
0: Now, how many amateur fights did you have to do until you felt comfortable to turn pro?
1: Yes, that's that's a that's a great question. Until I felt comfortable, uh, I think I fought, like, 100 say like 102 times I had like seven. Ah. yeah no oh, that's nothing <laughs> that's nothing <laughs> that's nothing I know people with like two to three times more fights than I had like I because I started I started late in my boxing career I mean my amateur boxing career like most people start when they're like eight like eight years old is when you have your first fight and When you can have your first fight, some people, like, get in there at 12. Like, if you hear, like, the world champions and things, like, they've been doing it their whole life. And then you have your few, you know, who just have it in them. And, you know, they started late, but they just have it, and they have, like, natural ability. And they're able to do it from, like, 20 to, like, 26 and become world champion and stuff. But I started kind of late. But, but, in return, like, I moved. So, um going back to like you know me growing up in richmond i grew up in in richmond until i was like 18 19 years old and then i moved to maryland you know because i knew uh the opportunities to to advance and to grow as an amateur boxer in richmond wasn't like likely i know i had to go other places and i knew maryland was like a powerhouse at the time like out of the whole country maryland was like top three you know um in terms of like the best fighters of all weight classes in the amateurs um you know and I actually had a coach who came to Richmond for a little bit and trained there and trained us and he moved back home and he uh I reached out to him I'm like man like I would love to leave and come up there and train with you you know um I've never left before like you think you can like just help me with somewhere to stay and I can transfer jobs and he gave me that opportunity. So um, from 19 until like 26, I was in Maryland and that's, I, I was fighting like every week. So that's how I was able to have a hundred fights. It's not very likely to have that many fights in like so many years, in that short uh, amount of years. But like, that's all I did. Like, you know, I had like little girlfriends on the side, but nothing serious, didn't have like a mortgage, any crazy bills. So I was able to fight like every week, every week or every other week or month. I was in like different states competing in like amateur tournaments or or just like single fights. I was in New York. I was in Maryland. I was in New Jersey, Delaware, North Carolina, uh, Virginia. I was just like all over the East Coast fighting like every week. So that's how I was able to have like 100 or some fights. Wow! <laughs> From
0: nineteen to
1: twenty six—that's that's what you were doing, building up the the resume the catalog. Yeah, I think I was twenty six when I had my debut. How old am I? twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. So I was like 25 26 I was twenty five when I turned when I made my debut. Um. So excuse me, twenty five. What year was you? What, what year was that when you turned twenty five? Uh,
0: twenty eighteen. Wow. So, two-part question. What do you remember about the
1: first amateur fight ever? That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, man. I I hate that (laughs) day. That was my my first fight. Man, I had, man, you, you, I, I, there was no fear in me at all. But I fought a guy, I was, I was 16. I was 16. I was 16 when I had my first amateur fight. I was 16 because I fought a guy ten years older than me. He was twenty-six. What the he, was 26. he was twenty-six. He was twenty-six and he had he had uh maybe like four or five fights at the time. I had no fights. So I fought a grown man. Yeah, I, I fought a grown man. It's not even uh, legal? Is that even yeah. legal time to have a twenty-six fight. No, it's not it's that not illegal. illegal because like once yeah. you hit a certain age, like there's like age brackets in amateur boxing. 16, like, 16 and a half, 17, you can fight anybody up to, like, 32 or 33 years old. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: dog. Hey, but don't don't get it twisted. It's some, it's some, like, now, it's, like, some young cats. Like, the, the, the bar has changed. I'm gonna get back to the question, but the bar has changed. Um, like, these 16- and 17-year-olds be hurting these grown men. Like, it's different now. <laughs> it's totally different. But those are, like, the amateurs that had, like, that's been boxing since eight years old, that's been in the gym since eight years old, that's strong, you know, that's, that's just got that, that strength, you know. And then, like, all these you know testosterone and these meats and stuff you know like we're just a different generation of children now. but um but yeah i fought a guy that was 10 years older than me and uh my grandmother and my mom came to the fight and um it was a good fight uh i I gave it everything i had i was so tired from that fight we fought out we fought on the outside venue um and then the guy was just he was just stronger than i was you know I, i gave it everything i could You know, but, um, you know, he was just stronger than I was. And I I lost the fight. Uh, I was lost by decision. Uh, But it didn't break. I mean, it was it sucked to see, like, to, you know, have, like, to lose a fight in front of, like, your mom and stuff and your grandma. Um, And then, like, them being females at that, you know, they're already, well, I don't want to sound sexist, but (laughs) they were, they're sensitive. They're very sensitive. They just have a lot of love for me. And they don't like, you know, to see me take, Punches or anything like that, or to get hit—not take punches, but to get hit—and um, yeah, they didn't like my grandma. She hasn't been to a fight since then. My mom, on the other end, my mom—my uh, mom is a bigger boxing fan than I am now. You know, at first she didn't know anything about boxing until I became a boxer. And now she knows all about boxing, and she always supports my fight. She comes to my fight if she can. Uh, but yeah, going back to that, my first fight—yeah, I remember like it was yesterday. It was—it was, it was a humbling experience. Um, excuse me, it was my watch. Um, it was a humbling experience. Nice, nice. What what do you
0: remember about your first professional fight?
1: My first, oh, it was one of the best days of my life. Uh, yeah, it was one of the best days of my life. Um, yeah, it was September 15th of uh, 2018. And, uh, man, I I remember this day vividly. It It was an amazing day, um... So, I was, me and a teammate of mine were making our pro debut. We fought in Delaware, in Hawkinson, Delaware, um, at this, you know, uh, athletic center, um, gymnasium. And uh, I was fighting a guy. I had no fights. But I had, like, at that time, you know, obviously 100 amateur fights. I fought in the nationals. I fought overseas. um, Fought in the Olympic trials. So, I mean, I knew what I was doing. Like, you can put anybody in there with me, you know. Um, and I would do great, you know, because I've been in there with a lot of people. But I fought a guy, again, with eight fights, you know. We uh, didn't have the best record in the world, but it was just something to, you know, help me get my feet wet, help me get used to, you know, um, you know, being in the pro ranks. And um, But, yeah, I remember seeing this guy, like, just running across his name, and I just knew of him. The guy was, like, 6'5". Uh, tall as hell and you know um but I, I i i was determined i'm like i don't care and i had like a lot of people come and support me that was an amazing day i had i fought in delaware was living in maryland which is like two hours away virginia was like four hours away and i had so many people come out to support me like they took that drive it was the best day of my life um I went in there with, you know, pure confidence. Uh, Went in there and did my thing. I knocked the guy out in the second round, I believe. Um, I had my brothers there. One of my brothers, he's like the closest, uh, closest person to me in the world. And, you know, he was there. And just to be able to do that, you know, in front of him and let him see, you know, my success, man. That that just meant the world to me. yeah, hands down, probably the best day of my life was my professional debut.
0: I love it, man. Um, I want you to elaborate on this a little bit. I hear a lot of boxers, especially the iconic ones, like, they'll say it. They'll say that boxing is 10% physical, 90% mental. Why do you think they say that?
1: Yeah, because it's that's the truth. That's the truth. Um you have, like, it's so much. It's so much that goes into boxing. Like, people think, you know, you're just fighting. You just, you know, prepare for a fight, get in shape, train, and go in there and fight, and that's that. It's no, it's, it's so much more. It's so much more. Um, during camp, for me, I'm going to tell you, like, this is how it goes. You know, I, I still, I still, I manage a bar. You know, so I I, I still technically work a full-time job, you know, though I don't have to, but I still work a full-time job and, you know, I have to deal with, you know, the job. Um, Being in a relationship when, you know, I was in a relationship, like, um, having to deal with that, having to make somebody happy, um, that's a word of its own. You know, then you got family, family issues. And then you still have to focus on this fight. So everybody just pulling you in so many different directions. And your mind is in so many different places. And you still have to prepare for a fight. Now, mind you, all that stuff is going on. Imagine how you are psychologically. How are you supposed to give 100% in training? Not to fight, but training with all these things going on in your life. You know, um, you know, you may... Like this stuff could be keeping you up late at night to the point where, you know, you oversleep and then you're late for the gym. And then like, you know, you're behind on your training and then you miss weight. You know, you you get to the fight, you miss weight because you've been so stressed out, you know, And, and then that causes you money or sometimes the fight doesn't happen. And then like, it's just a world of stress. And then let's go to the business aspect. The business aspect is a monster in boxing. There's a lot of fighters um, for numerous of reasons who don't fight anymore. And they have all the the potential in the world. There are some fighters in this world who probably would have exceeded Muhammad Ali, you know, but they may have given up on it because life just, you know, messed them up so bad or They didn't want to do it anymore because they didn't want to deal with the politics of boxing and and things of that nature like you see this all the time i've watched guys as a kid and knew that this guy was going to be world champion he stops boxing because he couldn't deal with the pressure the pressure of boxing the pressure of having to do business the pressure of politics the pressure of of cheating like i mean it it happens it happens And, like, that's the mental part. That's the mental part to be able to say, like, hey, I'm not going to let this get in the way or interfere of me obtaining my goal. Um, And then you go into the ring and do your thing. And then there's the aspect of, like, being in a fight, you know. Like, you can be in a fight and, like, you can come in as the underdog and you can fight a guy in his hometown and you got you're like a million to one you know it's a million people to one of you and people like are booing you and throwing things at you prime example i fought in colombia uh santa Marta, colombia uh over the summer of 2022 and um as dark as i am i i can fit in as a colombian you know i can fit in as a colombian until i tar- start speaking obviously but people knew just off the way I walked or the way I carried myself that I was not, you know, of that, you know, nationality. And, you know, people, I, I would, I fought the hometown guy and, oh my gosh, I had so many people, like, booing me and throwing things at me, like, prior to the fight. Um, And imagine, like, going through that, like, you have, like, hundreds of people, you know, just booing you as you walk into the ring and things and you got to get in the ring and somehow do your best you know with all these things against you like that stuff gets in your head you know and if you let that stuff get to you how are you supposed to perform to your best ability how are you supposed to you know orchestrate or display a game plan excuse me a game plan that you've been working on for so long you know like so You have, like, you have to have a strong mind. You have to have a strong mind going to boxing because it's almost certain that it's not going to go, you know, the way you expect it to to go. Um, So you got to have that strong, you know, mentality. You can get, like, punched and, like, dropped. You know what I'm saying? The fight where it hurts you, most people go into shock. You know, they, they, they go into panic and they start freaking out. They don't know what to do, you know, you gotta have a strong mind to say Oh I'm gonna be alright, I'm gonna weather the storm I've been here before, you know I know what to do to, to to buy time To get me to the next round where I have another break Or I have a minute to You know get myself back together Um And then you know you can have a fighter who's just like Beating your ass Or or just like good at what he doing That just like makes you Doubtful you know with, Of of your abilities and things of that nature so you have to have a strong mind. You have to have a strong mind. There's so many different ways to look at it. I can keep going on and on, but you have to have a strong mind. If you don't, you're not going to last long in the sport at all. It's, it's more brains than it is bronze. Nice oh, Hello? My my phone was, it was going in and out. Can you said again. Like, you know, can you hear me? It's 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 going. It's going. I can hear you, you know, Yeah, I can hear you now. I
0: was saying like I can only imagine what it's like if um if I had to go on stage and I got booed right before I go on stage, you know, and. I got to take it like a act like it don't bother me. So yeah, you're right, it's super mental, you know?
1: For sure, man. Just, yeah, you got to have a strong mind, man.
0: You know what I'm saying? Um, let me ask you this, prior to your fight, is it in your best interest to watch the opponent's footage? Is it in your best interest to do, to do some research on the guy you're about to fight? How do you feel about that?
1: Um, no, not really. Uh I watch like if I can find something, um, because most people uh don't well some people don't. I'm not gonna say most, but some people don't put their stuff online, you know, because as humans we all have flaws and and things of that are nature. So you don't want to expose yourself, you know. Um so some, like I said, some people don't put their stuff up. So but at the same time. I don't dwell on, you know, particular things. I don't study too much. I'll study like a little bit. I'll watch like maybe a few rounds of my opponent. That's it. You know, I fought so many people in my amateur career and pro career and with sparring, uh, that it's really not much that I cannot adjust to. Um, that's boxing, just be- it's being able to adjust. Uh, you always have to adjust all the time, and you know, sparring and preparation actually prepares for that. So, no, nah, I don't. I don't pretty much watch uh, my opponents too much. Like I said, I will watch a fight. There's two, if you're lucky, um, and maybe like two rounds, three rounds, and I know, I know what you know. I gotta prepare myself for, um, and within those two or three rounds, you know, I, I look for strengths and I look for weaknesses. It really doesn't take too long to, for them to expose themselves. Um, but for the most part, my coach, you know, he does the research himself. He does the studying and things. So my job is just to prepare and to display, um, you know, what my coach wants me to or what I see when I get in the ring. Nice.
0: Yo, man, I know you got a fight coming up. with Sean Wiggins on January 21st in Miami. Um, to prepare for a fight like this, just take me to the week. What does the Monday look like for you? What time do you start your day? What do you do next? Like, for training for this fight, what does the Monday look like?
1: Oh, uh, man, it's ugly. <laughs> that shit is ugly, man. Training camp, I embrace it. You know, I definitely embrace it, but, um, man, it's getting up fucking early. It's, it's early early days and fucking late nights, man. You know, getting up at the fucking crack of dawn just to fucking do strength and conditioning training. Um, so a, a typical day, you know, I get up like 5, 4, 435. I do my strength and conditioning. Um, I will go back to the gym, um, at like 11 to do like my, my sparring, um, And then I'll go, like, you know, in the evening, if I want to, to do, like, some extra stuff, like, pad, like, pad work or, or whatever the case, hitting the bag, just working on, like, little fundamentals, things of that nature. Um, And then uh, that's six days a week. I do that Monday through Saturday. Yeah, twice a day, six days a week for, like, six, seven, eight weeks.
0: So when you wake up at 5 a.m., you go straight to the gym?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll go to the gym or I'll like go to a park to go for my run.
0: And then from there, you go back. So I know you think you go back at 11. So when you're done with your run, what do you do? You go back home, shower up, get some dinner, or get some lunch? Like Yeah,
1: like- I'll either, I'll, <laughs> my, my gym um, is set up pretty cool. Like they have showers and things. They used to have like little dormitories where like fighters, the pro fighters could stay and sleep and stuff. Um, uh, that's no longer accessible, but you know, I'll like just rest in my car, I'll shower, rest in my car and just wait till the next session. It really makes no sense of like going all the way home. Um, I don't really live that close to my gym. So I just want to make it as simple and convenient, um, as possible. Um, so, you know, if I do my strength conditioning at the gym at five, I'll just chill. I'll do the strength and conditioning at the gym at five, just chilling in my car, sleep.
0: Then what time do uh, you what time you get done? Let's say you start at five.
1: What time are you doing with strength and conditioning? Oh, that's like hour and a half, two hours. Oh, wow. So if then I start at five sh- thirty, I'm done by like seven thirty. Then by seven, done by seven
0: thirty, and then you go back at eleven for sparring.
1: Sparring. Mm-hmm. And then that's- I'm not out of the gym till like one. I'll be there like two hours when I left the gym till like one. And then, um, that, and then yeah, I go know. to work. <laughs> <laughs> you go to work, and then I on my on, on, on and So on an off day, I'm I'm good. I can go back to the gym. But you know, if I'm working, I have to be to work by uh three thirty. Have to be to work by three thirty, and I work three thirty till ten. And then from
0: there, you go back if you
1: want to after ten, or you? Is that oh no, no, nah, nah, my day's done. Exactly. No, nah, my day. If I, if I if I'm like if I'm close... I'm close to the fight, you know, like a week off from the fight, like I'll go on a run after work, you know, depending on how my weight looks or depending on like how I feel or what I need to do, I'll go for a run, um, a late night run. Um, I have been doing that a lot for my my past few fights. Um, But if I'm good, you know, I'll just like call it a day and just try to get ready again for the next day, go to sleep.
0: Wow. Now, one thing I want to ask you is you're also the owner of the Espresso Soul Cafe in San Diego. Tell me more about that venture of yours, Espresso Soul Cafe.
1: Yeah, Espresso Soul Cafe. Yes, opening this year. Oh Man, it feels so great to say this year. I'm so glad today's a new year. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm a big coffee uh, freak. I love coffee. You know, I drink coffee. I'm actually drinking coffee as I speak. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking coffee as I speak. Um, but yeah, I love coffee, man. I feel like um, for, for for numerous of reasons, for the taste, for just you know the the aroma, the ambiance, like it's 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 great. You know, it's just, it's a great drink. Uh, it, it makes me feel like I gotta like if I smell coffee in the morning, like before i wake up like as i'm waking up like i'm already like like i feel like work like like i gotta go to work i gotta do something productive like it just it's a motivation for me um but i mean i've just always loved drinking coffee different types of coffee different styles of coffee um and i've been in business for a while i've been in you know i've worked since i was 16 15 16 years old i actually had my first job when i was eight i'm on business when i was 10 I had my first job when I was eight, um, so I mean I've just been doing working, you know, for a while. And you know, I also um, I like I'm a boss, you know. I'm, I'm a boss hands down, you know. My coaches will tell you, my 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 supervisor will tell you, I'm I'm just a boss, you know. So why not, you know, have my own business? You know, I'm I'm creative, you know, in, in so many different aspects. I love coffee. Uh, I'm a boss, like, why not? And I love, I love like, making people smile. I love, like, you know, make it, like, like, services. It's, like, one of my top things of life, you know? Like, I love just making people smile in so many different ways. Um, rather, it's just, like, helping them with something or giving them something. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I just had the idea about a year, year and a half ago to, you know, just start my own coffee shop. Um, It takes a lot of time, money and effort, you know, so, you know, that's what I've been doing for the past year and a half is, you know, just getting money together, getting my ideas together, you know, just being the creator. um, I'm having to do everything, you know, so like and I'm doing all of this with like technically I just got a mentor. I just got a mentor like uh, say, like three months ago um and she's amazing she's amazing but prior to that I didn't have anybody so I was doing it from scratch you know I was doing it from scratch all from like researching and and things of that nature and just asking questions that's like one of the best things like just talking to people and asking questions um but yeah I've just been getting all the the things that I need and uh yeah so my my opening date is for between February and March of uh this year so in a few more months I'll be ready to go Nice. If you ever need performers, you know me and Rain is the full hallway. My man, yes, yes. <laughs> for, your grand, for your
0: grand opening, you know.
1: My man, yes.
0: Um, that's awesome, dude. Like, what's your advice for upcoming fighters out there, especially from Richmond? what's your advice for the youth coming up trying to get into the boxing industry the business let me rephrase it the business of boxing right business of boxing what's your advice for the youth especially from Richmond from your trying to do this
1: yes man oh my gosh anybody especially you know people from my city but anybody you know around the world city state country whatever wherever you are nobody is going to have your best interest but you trust your gut if something's telling you not to do it don't do it if something's telling you to do it you do it trust your gut you only have your best interest um unfortunately boxing is a business money comes first people will do anything they got to do to make sure that they get the most amount of money you make sure if you're the one in that ring you are the priority and you are the boss no matter what no matter what i don't care if you have a promoter i don't care if you have a manager i don't care you're the boss you're the one in the in that ring making those sacrifices day to day you know and in so many aspects the the promoter isn't the manager isn't uh the trainer's with you but you're the one who it's about you know, so you're the priority. So don't ever let anybody tell you to, to do something, to force you anything. You do what you want to do. You put yourself first and work hard and, 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 and never limit yourself. You know, always believe in yourself. Anything is possible, no matter where you come from, your background, ethnicity. Um, anything is possible. You just got to want it and surround yourself around it. Don't expect it to come to you. Surround yourself around, you know, the things that you want. You know, if you want to be like Floyd, you get where Floyd at. You get around him. You, you get to some people who, who knows him, you know. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it. Nice. And if they had to fight in
0: 2022, Pacquiao or Mayweather, who got it?
1: If they fought in 2022? Yes. This day. I'm sorry, I'm
0: sorry. If they fought in 2023,
1: let me take it back. If they fought in 2023, <laughs> who got it? weather or Pacquiao? Damn, they both, they both still fighting. Pacquiao just fought recently. He did a, uh, uh exhibition, and boy, you know, he's doing exhibitions like every freaking other month. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one. It's still a tough one. You know? If I had to give you... I would say Floyd. I would say Floyd yeah. right now. Yeah. If you said 15 years ago, Pacquiao.
0: Yeah, but you know what? Even if I'm a Pacquiao fan myself, even as a Pacquiao fan myself, when they did fight and he lost, I gotta admit, Mayweather outboxed him. Bitch. I'm just yeah. being you. and I'm a fan. You know, like. I
1: love
0: Pacquiao, yeah, of course. Now riding for my country and
1: everything. But when they did fight Mayweather, I bought some dog. He did. But let, let me tell you, teach you something. Did. Let me teach you something. He fought Pac he fought he fought Pacquiao yeah at the right time. He didn't fight Pacquiao yeah in this prime. He didn't fight true. him in this prime. That's what I'm saying. So like <laughs> it was smart. <laughs> but if you gonna fight somebody great, fight them when they old, you know, when they got injuries and shit yeah. like that.
0: That's true, but I was just surprised. I thought like, man, Pacquiao didn't give it to him. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. I was disappointed in Pacquiao myself. I know he was getting, <laughs> I, I know he was aging. He was definitely aging when that happened. But still, it, it almost seemed like, ah, they did this for the bag. You know, I don't know. You know?
1: Nope. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right. If they fought in their primes, I'm talking about 1969 <laughs> Ali, 88 Mike
1: Tyson, who would win? I, I would give it to a Pacquiao. Pacquiao, like oh, like Floyd was. Oh. Huh? I that I mean,
0: 1969 Ali or oh. or or 1988 Tyson. You there?
1: Uh, yeah I'm thinking I'm thinking <laughs> I'm there thinking uh, I'm, shit. Talk, I'm talking I'm talking about,
0: I'm talking about Ali versus um, like Ali Liston like Ali versus
1: Liston that Ali you know and man like that's that's the Mike. battle of the brains right there man that's the battle of the brains cause like 1980 Mike Tyson was like under model, which was like in his Ooh. brain like, getting him, like, psychologically, like, ready for whoever. And 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 and, um, and uh, Muhammad Ali was just a monster himself psychologically, dick. He really felt like he couldn't be beaten and, and showed that. Oh, man, yo. And then they come from, like, different eras where, like, they didn't have, like, all these, like, technologies and things. And everything was just, like, raw. You know what I'm saying? They not supplements and things. Everything was raw. I don't know, man. I would I would give it to Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Like I said, just on the fact, like, it's kind of irrelevant, you know, to to boxing, but like just him being like, you know, strong in the sense of like dealing with Jim Crow and racism back then. Like, I felt like he got the edge, man. Cause that, that that dude was like no other, bro. No other man. Like he just won a monster in the ring. Like he fought oppression. Like. He was a beast. He said what he wanted to say, like, that's that's a big deal. When you got confidence like that, like, I feel like that's the stuff that gets you, like, in the later rounds. Like, say, you know what I'm saying? When you're got when you super bold like that, generally, like, that gets you, like, when you're, like, in the 10th round, 11th round, when you're super tired. Like, you're just bold as fuck, you know? The government
0: didn't like him. The government Hated. had it out. Yeah, they had it out for
1: Ali for sure,
0: and when they stripped him of his license, the the uh, the three years of his peak—I mean, those
1: yeah. three years—yep, stripped him of in prisons
0: should have been should have been his peak years, but like they stripped it. But when he came back from that, when he came back from that little short retirement, he still came back whooping some ass, didn't he? Ass. <laughs> he?
1: he still he still whooped some ass, dog. Wow, that was that crazy. Means- Right, that's just what you gotta look at because Tyson anything like that. He was fucking people up, but, like, he was just naturally fucking them up. Like, this dude, Muhammad Ali, was, like, like, to take shit, to take a year off from boxing, some people don't even, like, come back the same, you know? So, three years, you know, after being, like, in prison, like, in prison, like, no, no, I'm now that I think about it, Muhammad, I, I mean, Mike Tyson went to prison as well, but I think that was, like, after he had lost to like Buster Douglas and stuff like that so I ain't even gonna count that I'm, like, Muhammad Ali was just different man
0: um last last one without I believe. De La Hoya in his prime or Mayweather in his prime I'm
1: gonna get to Mayweather man.
0: for real yeah I believe not I I, really I, I anyway, you sound
1: better now. Huh? oh you couldn't hear me
0: you sound better now
1: yeah Okay, my 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 hand was over my um but yeah I'm giving it to Floyd man I'm giving it to Floyd. Um Delahoya was alright, he was okay. I wasn't really a big fan of Delahoya. Um but yeah man, I, I I don't know. I would just go with Floyd on that one. Nice. Your only guys in the play, man. Um I'm gonna
0: tax you right now. I told you up with your next fight and i support you
1: congratulations my brother man hometown, it, you know yes yes and it was a pleasure man thank you so much thank you so much for having me man for taking the time you know to the allow me to get out here and express and, and and to motivate man like thank you so much bro i really appreciate it man and God bless you and your endeavors this year, man. You know, make the most out of it, man. Take advantage of every opportunity um, and embrace every adversity, bro. Like, this is going to be a great year, man. Much love, man. looking forward with it. Yes, sir, brother. Much love, brother. you, will
0: bro? be my prayers, man.
1: Amen. Likewise, brother.